0: Welcome to Sunday. It is uh, October 18th. We are um, cruising in towards the, the past the middle of October, headed to November. It's amazing how yeah, this year just continues to go on. I um, I actually made a comment about that yesterday, that Arkansas Razorbacks actually won a football game, and I thought, well, it's still 2020. You never know what's going to happen, so I know my Arkansas fans will love that from me, but um man I want to I want to share some stuff with you this morning I I um it's been a it's been a long week it's been a a very strenuous week there's been a lot of things going on outside the the parameters of things and and just um you know when when you have a lot of things happening that there's it takes a toll on you you know it's like it drains you and <clears throat> that's kind of how I feel this week it's it's been, there's been there's been lots of things you know God, God's shown me a lot of things there's been a lot of things going on in the world around me and well, there's been some challenging moments throughout this this last week, so <clears throat> so bear with me. I may have to drink some coffee in the midst of this thing, but I, I want to share with you something that actually that actually got poured into me after a message last week. So this this is something unique. Um, it, it is just this revolving door thing that seems to be going on right now. There, there's there's so much that needs to be spoken. I guess that's the the, the element right now. There's There's so much that needs to be spoken that it just continues to be poured in and poured in. But I want to to share with you this morning some compelling stories. That's how I titled this message this morning, Compelling Stories. We're going to go to Luke chapter 14 to find these stories. But in in Luke 14, we find Jesus here teaching his followers. He's he's concerning humility and honor, actually. Um, He's using a series of parables to describe certain events and bring them to a teachable moment with each one. So in Luke chapter fourteen, starting with verse seven through eleven, we're gonna start with the parable of the wedding feast. And, and, and man, this message could be preached so many different ways. There's um, there's so many elements in here that but I, but what I want you to pull out of this <clears throat> is is the compelling story. So the parable of the wedding feast, and he, he shared it this way: verse seven, Luke fourteen. Now he told a parable to those who were invited. When he noticed how they cho- how they chose the places of honor, <clears throat> basically the first ones in, took the seats in the front. You know what, many of us have seen this. Now, if it's a church service, the first ones in are going to take seats in the back. But if it's a dinner, you know you, you, you spy where the table's at. It's a, if it's a banquet style or if it's a buffet style, and you try to determine which tables are they going to let go of eat first, and that and so everyone vies for those those perfect tables, those closest to the front. You know, concert, same thing. You want the closest to the front seats. So that's kind of what was going on here. It, everyone was, was jockeying for the place of honor. They, they wanted to be up close. They wanted to be up close to the wedding party. Um, so they took the front seats. But this is what he said saying to them after seeing this. When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person, and then you will be, you will have begin with shame to take the lowest place. So in other words, you'll be embarrassed if someone comes and tells you, Hey, man, this ain't your seat. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes by and may see you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And that alone would preach. He who humbles himself will be exalted. You, you want to, you want to take the big dog chair. You're probably going to have to fight your way through that. But if you'll simply humble yourself, if you'll, if you'll be that lower voice, if you'll be that, that unintimidated, just, just biding your time, God'll honor you in those places. Luke 14 verses 12 through 23 says this. This is the parable of the great banquet. He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do you invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they also return and, and invite you to be so that you're repaid? But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because you cannot—they can't repay you. For you will be repaid by the resurrection of the just. So what he's simply saying is, is man, don't do things just so you look good and, and you get invited to the next party. I mean, a lot of times that is what we do. You know, we we rub shoulders with the hierarchy. We rub shoulders with those who who, who we think might gain something for us in return. You know, and we, we put on these big events and we invite these, these high-end people thinking they'll invite us to their event and we'll look good. That's not what he's saying for us to do. He's telling us, "Man, go go invite, go invite those that are that are not welcome. Go invite the poor. Go invite, you know, the crippled, the lame. Bring those in because those guys can't repay you. They're, they're not going to hold a feast next week and bring you to theirs. You know, they can't repay you. You'll get your reward because of who you're, of what you're doing for them, for your service to them, that humility." Verse 15 says this, That when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. The Verse 16, Jesus says this, He said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all begin to make excuses. And the first one said to him, I have just bought a field and I really need to go see it. Uh, please have me excused. And verse 19 says, And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I need to go examine them. Please have me excused. And another one said, I've married a wife and therefore I can't come. In other words, we're going on our honeymoon or, or we've got plans. You know, there's there's lots of times when we get invited to something that the first thing we do is see if there's anything else that's better is there is there anything else more important you know maybe maybe you've been invited to to serve at your church for a particular event oh let me let me pray about it oh i love that verse let me pray about that the bible says you should be praying without ceasing so when did you stop praying you know you you should know instantly when, when when you're given opportunity to serve the lord there shouldn't be this let me pray about it thing that that boy that's one of my pet peeves that's a whole nother sermon. But, but think about that. Oftentimes, that is exactly what we do. We we excuse ourselves away because eh, that might be fun, but I think this party over here might be better. I might gain more from it. So I'm, I think I'm going to go over this one. And and that's what he's saying. So he goes on to verse 21. He said, So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry, and he said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled the blind and the lame. Just just go out here under the bridges and and invite those guys. Yeah, I know they'll come. And the servant said, "Sir, what you command has been done and there's there's still room." And we've gone out under the bridges and we found all the homeless and man, <clears throat> there's still room. So he says this in verse 23, and the master said to the servant, "Go out to the highways and the byways, the hedges, and compel people to come in, that my house may be full for I tell you none of these men who were invited in the beginning shall taste my banquet man, that's a again there there's so many ways you can you can preach this passage of scripture, but what i'm what i'm what I'm really want to focus on is this compelling go go and compel them to come in, go compel them to come in. The definition of the word compel is is literally to to drive or urge forcibly or forcefully or irresistibly um, hunger compelled him to eat he was so hungry he was, he was compelled to eat the, the, the general was compelled to surrender um, to cause to do or occur by overwhelming pressure put so much pressure on them that they come don't, don't let them have an excuse this is what he's saying compel them to come in public opinion compelled her to sign the bill politically um, to to drive together the prefix calm in in the word compel acts as a strengthener in this word so to compel is to drive powerfully or force so you may feel compelled to speak to a friend about his drinking problem or, or, or compelled to reveal a secret in order to prevent something from happening a compulsion is usually a powerful inner urge a compulsive shopper or a compulsive gambler usually can't hold on to money for long. You might you might not want to be to do something unless there is a compelling reason. However, a compelling film is simply one that seems serious and important. <clears throat> this is where this came from. Ron and I just uh, were just kind of chatting on our way to church last Sunday. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I had I had just finished preaching um, a, a message last week and 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 man it that the, the message i preached last week like it's like sometimes when you're when you're <laughs> when you finish it's like somebody just kind of unplugged you or or maybe it's like an air mattress that somebody turned the valve open on so everything just kind of deflates you this this all pours in and and and, and i and I, I, I want it to come out a certain way and i want you to get it a certain way and i want you to hear what god's saying to you so much that that sometimes when i'm done it's it's just like um this adrenaline dump takes place and i and, and and I'm kinda of washed out. So here we are driving into the, to the church and we <clears throat> you know just finishing this message and and I you know I here I am gassed and and, and but it, but we're talking about just that this this urgency of getting others to grasp uh, or understand the message. There there's um I have a tendency that when I speak to to try to bring a compelling nature to the close. Um, I want to make sure you get it. I, I really want to make sure you heard the heart of God. I want to make sure I haven't messed it up enough, or blundered through it enough that you miss it. Because I want God to to touch you. I want God to speak to you. I want, I want you to get from him the things that you need, no matter when he pours through me or what he pours through me. And and so when we're talking about this very thing, about this compelling thing, and... and, and <clears throat> to understand a message and to be able to own it and and to apply it to their lives and 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 the word compel came up reminding me of this story where jesus was sharing and and i had to jot down a few notes so that when i got back here i could write this message i've kind of worked on it throughout the week about this this urgency that he used so the, the story that he's given he's given this urgency this 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 host wants his house full um for whatever reasons he had. He 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 had everything prepared. Everything he needed. All this this all the party favors were in place. Um maybe he'd spent a lot of money on the meat, maybe he'd spent a lot of money having it cooked. And, and now if, if, if we don't have anybody here, it's just gonna go to waste. It was for nothing. So he's compelling people to come in and partake of what he's he's invested in is what he's done. <clears throat> When God drops these messages in my brain and my heart, I know it's something He wants shared. It's not just um not something he just wants spewed out into the wind. God plants these messages in, in me and other pastors and leaders and evangelists and missionaries and in order for his word to be planted in fertile soil. And and there's you know, God there's a lot of scripture reference. You know, there's I tell people all the time there's a there's a simplicity to the word. Um when 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 Jesus talked to fishermen, what did he talk about? vision when he talked to to farmers what did he talk about farming you know he he was relative to whomever he was with when he when he was talking to the tax collectors what did he talk about money so that there was something there that would would entice them that would that would resonate in their soul that they would they would be able to understand what he was saying and, and, he's, and our job is to take this message he gives us and to prep it and, and to ready it and load it into a drill. And we're going to talk about farming. We're, we're in farming country. Most, most everything around here is already drilled now. But if you think about that, we're going to load these seeds in a drill. In most cases, the ground needs to be worked. Uh, they, they do some no-till drill here, but the drill itself does some work. It's not just a matter of slinging seed out onto the ground. There's something that's taking place in, under that drill, where it's cutting that ground open, and that seed's getting into the soil, and and so the, so when you know the, the things that come ahead of planting, I, I've I've often referred to um, my time in the ministry where God has has shown me that you know we talk about planting seed, we talk about watering, we talk about God getting a harvest, but oftentimes someone has to go in first and break that ground up. If you've ever uh, I live. I grew up in farm country, so if you've ever seen them take a raw field and turn it into something they can cultivate, it's brutal. Um, they use usually it's called a one-way. It's this great big sharp-bladed plow that has multiple blades on it, and it and it it cuts, and it cuts deeply, and it rolls that soil over in these great big huge chunks. And when they break that that fresh ground open, there, there's grass, there's roots, there's all that stuff, and 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 man, it's just it's pouring, and it, you know they, they cut and cut and cut. Well, then they have to come back with a disc and disc that down smoother. And they disc it down smoother. Maybe they use a chisel or whatever, whatever it is they're used to in the farming country that you're in, until that ground is down level again, and, and once it's smooth and once the field's been prepped. Now it's time to come drill the seeds. There's a lot of work that goes into the ground ahead of planting seed. You have to understand that. There's lots of things take place that um, that go into that. But The story Jesus is trying to get across to his followers to understand is they needed to compel others to come and partake. To compel someone in with an urgency. To, to insist that they hear the word. To strongly suggest that the message is for all of us to hear. It, it's not just for a few. You know, I know most of us have sat in the church service and we, you know, the preacher preaching away boys giving a good word. And we're thinking, uh-huh, I know who needs that one. Well, technically, it's for all of us. We need it. We we need to eat that word as well. We need to apply it to our lives. How often have you been invited to to, to the very feast with the king only to excuse yourself for selfish reasons or because you weren't ready to give up your freedoms? Or you just figure there would be another time. How often does that happen for us? See, God's calling out to us on a regular basis. The the, the invitation to the feast is always in front of us. But many of us throw our excuses. Ah, just a little bit more time. I'm not quite done yet. I I still need to go over here and check this out. Or I still need to take this trip over here. I still need to do these things on my bucket list. and, And then I'll settle in. You know how many people don't make it to the end of their bucket list before they settle in? Something happens? It, it, it's, it's just it's life. The Bible describes a time that is coming when we're going to search for him, but we will not be able to find him. What a scary place this is going to be. Listen to this spoken in this is all the way back to Proverbs chapter one, verses one through twenty. Uh, or chapter one, I'm sorry, twenty through thirty three and this is this is subtitled Wisdom Shouts in the Streets. And I've used this passage before, but think this is in Proverbs chapter one, starting verse twenty. Wisdom shouts in the streets, she cries out to the public square, she calls out to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected my correction. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock when disaster overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you, I will, uh, like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone, and anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and they chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention And when I corrected them. Therefore they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. Verse 33 sums it up. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear or harm. You see what he's describing there? This morning, God started pouring this message in. He added this bonus. You really have to see this word. You have to understand what this is saying. I mean, this was written in Proverbs. This is way back in the Old Testament. But look at today. Look at the heart of our nation Look at the heart of the people of our nation who have have turned to such foolishness, who have turned away from truth, who argue with truth, who simply have allowed blinders to be placed upon them that they can't even see the truth anymore. Word that they may have known in their heart at one time and they're turning away from it today. They're following a false narrative. They're following a false truth. Uh, The Bible talks about that throughout history. It talks about the fact that we're going to put up for ourselves teachers because we have itching ears. We just want somebody to tell us what we want to hear. Man, there's churches doing that across this nation today, and it's so sad. They're not preaching an entire truth. Maybe they're not discarding all, but they're not preaching a it complete. Yeah, it's 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 not about this this condemning nature. God's not a condemning God. But what he is 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 a compelling God. He is compelling you to come back to him he's crying out to us he's he's calling out in the darkness saying come into the light it's it's here it's available it's yours you know it's 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 right here that morning that that ron and i went to church last week we were running a little bit late because i'd spent too much time here kind of like what i'm doing this morning and by the time we got to church that that the The service started already going, worship started already going, and, and things were already happening, and um, the song that was playing, the song that was playing when we walked in was, um, I just thought, how appropriate, how appropriate, considering what he was showing me, considering what he was giving me, considering what he was pouring into me, I thought, how appropriate. What he said, or what was being played right at that moment was reckless love. Now listen to the words of this song. This is, uh, i do not going to sing it to you. I'm just going to say it. But listen to the words that this song has in it. The words of this song resonate his desire for us. He he longs for us. He, he'll come after us just as it says. It says, when I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You've been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You've been so, so good to me. No shadow you won't light up. No mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. No lie you won't tear down, coming after me. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away on oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. That that that's a that's a ballad written straight to our heart. That there's nothing he won't do for us. That there, there's nothing he won't give to us. There's there's nothing he won't do for us. He's coming after us. He's coming after us. Reckless love. He's coming after you right now. He's calling out to you right now. He's compelling you to come. What is it that you're waiting for? What's more important than this right now? In the midst of this compelling message, come to Jesus. That's all he asks for. He, he just asks for our surrender to him. And when we surrender our hearts to him, he comes after us. There, there's there's nothing he won't do for us. I, I mean, I'm, you think about that. I'm reminded, of, and I've used this analogy several times. My, my One of my favorite writers is Tommy Tenney. And And Tommy describes an imagery where he's been on the road, he's been traveling, he's been speaking all over the country and he's finally home <laughs> he's finally home and he's found his recliner and he's got the newspaper and, when we read newspapers and, and he, he's got the newspaper opened up and he's just trying to catch up and just trying to let his brain unfog from his travels and, and his little daughter and I can't remember how old she was at the time um, but but his little daughter I want to say she was maybe in the sixish realm climbs up in his lap and is trying to get his attention he's trying he's focusing on the paper he's reading the paper and she's like daddy 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 look at me daddy look at me daddy daddy look at me and he said his little girl finally reached up and took his face in her hands and turned her head so that he looked at her and she said daddy look at me she wanted his full attention And, and when he when she rolled that face to him she had it," he said. "She could ask me for anything in the world, and I'd have done it right there. That's exactly what God's doing with us, and this is how He described that moment. God just showed him, just slapped him upside the face. This is me. I, I, I'm telling you that if you'll if you'll seek my face, if you won't, if you'll persist at, at this compelling calling, and, and you get my gaze upon you." You've got my favor. See, see, we we have way too much time. We seek his handouts. We're just looking for a hand because we're in trouble again. God, I need this. I need that. I need this. I need that. But this is it. We're looking for him. And when we when we reach up and we take his hands, when we, when we t- pull his face to ours, we're totally in his favor. Anything we ask. I want God's favor. I want Him looking on me. I want His light shining on me. I need Him on me. I'm compelling you this morning. That, that, that simple word that, that, that compel, compel them to come. That that resonates in my soul with what Christ gives me to do. His, my task is to compel you to come. Come with me. Come with me as I follow Christ. Don't follow me. (laughs) So Paul said, you know, follow me because I follow him. I'm nothing. Without him, I don't have anything. I don't have anything to offer anybody. But with him, I can offer you eternity. And that's what he's calling out for you today. Get your head on straight. Get your priorities right. And your priorities are not out there, they're in him. Get your life right with Christ. This is a trying time. One of the most trying, difficult times we're ever going to face in our life. And he's calling out to you today to let, let him set you free. Let him set you free from the struggles and your challenges. Does, does it mean we won't go through things? Nah. Man, I go. <laughs> we go through some struggle. But in the midst of that struggle, I know who I am and I know who fights for me. I don't don't have to fight on my own anymore. The fight has totally changed. It's not for me anymore. All i got to do is cry out to my Father. And His compelling nature is going to do the work for me. I compel you this morning. Find your life in Christ. Answer His calling. I don't think I don't. I don't ever want to end a message that I don't compel someone to come to the Lord. I don't ever want to be in that place because it's not about me. I don't. I don't do this because of me. I do this because I can't stop this stuff from pouring into me. <laughs> I've tried. For whatever reason, God's chosen me to be a voice, and I I have to follow it, and I have to give Him everything I've got sometimes it doesn't seem like that's enough but it's all i am so i'm compelling you this morning come after me because i'm following him amen god bless you guys i pray you have an incredible rest of this week um it's overcast hopefully it's gonna rain here in oklahoma today we could use it desperately but we're gonna put ourselves together here and get in the car and go to church this morning and just want you to know that God's God's calling out to you today don't miss that call there's going to come a time when we're not going to be able to find him if, if you're not already in in, in line and in, in his presence there's going to come a time it's going to be really hard really difficult to find him so I encourage you to find him now it's not hard to do all you got to do is cry out to him that's the coolest part there's nothing else required Check out our website. Follow us on our podcast. I don't even know. We're on nine different platforms now. Uh, Spotify is very, you know, Anchor, wherever they all are. You can find us just under livingloudoutdoors.com. Again, it's living without the G, so don't forget that. But you can find all of our messages. I I try to put them all on there. At least uh, at some point during the day, I get them back on there. And you can share those around with people. Invite people to join you. Um, share them with people share people's share the link so that so that people jump on there and hear some of the words that, that god gives us especially now uh, as we as we follow through this crazy time of life um, things are coming fast and furious um, I've got other stuff already jotted down other messages already coming there's just so many things that God is pouring out on his people right now because this is an important time for us we, we desperately need to follow him And he's looking for us to follow him. So God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy your family. And lead your family in the way they should be led. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for your support. Uh, We appreciate you and love you. And we will get back with you again real soon. God bless you.